This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ Community Radio Station, Joy 94.9. Good evening. You're listening to Femme Fatale on Joy 94.9 with Kat and Gemma. I'm Gemma. This is Kat. Hi. <laughs> um, Femme Fatale is a discussion and dissection of the issues facing women in life, health, relationships and the arts. On tonight's show, Kat and I are going to be talking about the rise of the lesbian look in high fashion and popular culture. Um, the rise of lesbian imagery. Um, and the new lesbian chic aesthetic um, in fashion, what it means for us um, and what, what's out there. And we'd, of course, like to know what you think about all this. During the show, you can text us at 0427-JOY949. You can Facebook us at Femme Fatale. You can use the smartphone Joy app, which is free to download and use. Or you can email us at femfatale at joy.org.au. Good evening. You're listening to Femme Fatale on Joy 94.9 with Kat and Gemma. Um, Femme Fatale is a discussion. I always trip over that. A discussion and dissection of the issues facing women in life, health, relationships, and the arts. We just heard Hollywood by Angus and Julia Stone. Very fitting, I thought. And um, before that, Wild at Heart by Birds of Tokyo. On tonight's show, we're talking about the rise of the lesbian look in fashion and popular culture. Um, lesbian imagery in high fashion, the tomboy look, the new chic. But Kat, what do we mean by the lesbian look? Well, I mean, the way that it's construed by mainstream fashion and pop culture is a particular look that we'll get into. And I'm sure that everyone that's listening already knows what we're talking about. Um, But I guess one thing is that there, I mean, when when you put it into popular culture like that and you use it as a kind of tool of commodification, um, it's it's selling like you know the lesbian lifestyle in inverted commas um, as though it's packaged in one particular look, which of course it isn't actually. No. Um, and it's a very specific look that's become really you know chic, chic yes. and very mainstream. It has, but it is definitely it's a distinctly um, it is a distinctly lesbian look. They it is. It is. I yeah. remember um, the first time uh, I kind of noticed it. I was driving down Hoddle Street and looked up and yelled, oh my God, is that actually like a, a someone who looks like a lesbian on a billboard? Instead of two um, stupidly feminine blondes trying, almost making out, it actually looked like two lesbians. Well, uh, no, no, it, it was actually just a, a picture of a woman. I think it was an advert shirts or something. Yeah. Um, but a woman that looked like a very familiar person to me, mm. um, like a very familiar style, um, that I just wasn't expecting to see advertising clothing on a huge billboard yeah. on Hoddle Street. It really surprised me. I mean, whether or not that person was actually a lesbian is not the point. The point is that um, it was a particularly, you know, queer woman look that was mm. being used to advertise a product of all things. I mean, it's been a quirk of ours for a long time that we're um, underrepresented in fashion and the media. Um, to, so to see it rise up is, you know, a really great thing. Yeah, but and it's quite popular these days, but I, the, I was so shocked the first time I noticed it, yeah, and that it wasn't, you know, two blonde women 
you know, wearing skimpy underwear, pretending about they to were. Kiss. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. So, what is? I mean, we talk about. We'll talk about lesbians in fashion. Um, we'll talk a little bit about androgyny. Um. We'll talk about lesbian fashion as it's moved through the centuries. But what is the contemporary lesbian look? What does that involve? Well, should we talk about some stereotypes? Please. Do. I mean, I know we're not into labels, but this is a bit of bit of a fun, bit for, bit of a gimmick, just for a bit of a laugh. Um, so don't might, take it too seriously, no, though. I'm we don't sure you anyone but um, I'm sure you will recognize the types some here. of the titles. some of the types here uh, not that we're saying that sexuality can have a particular style but or, or sometimes any style but um Catherine yeah, Anne. There's, <laughs> there's there's a few particular ones that we see out and about so I guess uh, the one that that is most well known I guess in mainstream culture is the lipstick lesbian tell me about that well as the name suggests um, this particular kind of lesbian is not afraid to wear makeup, high heels, dresses, um, have long hair, and p- look, you know, particularly mainstream feminine, I guess. Yeah, but that's not the particular look that's going into high fashion, obviously. It's a different look, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What else have you got? Um, well, another one that is, you know, another huge stereotype is, of course, the butch look. Okay. Um, what does that involve fashion wise? Well, this is. I think that butch lesbians have got a pretty hard Broad rap over the years yeah. when it comes to fashion. Oh, we're not dissing it. We're saying it's coming back in. Um, but I guess it, 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 this kind of has its, uh, has its roots in the kind of working class lesbian bar culture of the 40s, 50s and 60s. So we're talking caps... T-shirts, hoodies, work boots, flannelette shirts, work yep. boots, really practical look. Yep. Yeah. And of course, when it first started, it was a very political thing to do, to dress in a masculine fashion and actually quite dangerous as well. You've really got to um, give um, kudos to the women that, that were brave enough to do that. Back when they were, they it, were, it was actually day. illegal to to wear all masculine clothes, you had to yeah. wear a certain that, amount of feminine. Well, that's where items the of clothing. butch, and I don't. The term is not, you know, desirable, but um, that's where the aesthetic came from. Was um, the right to look like a man if we or dress like a man if we wanted to yeah. um, back in the day, which was making a statement about lesbian rights. Um, yeah. Which is awesome. And I've still got a bit of a thing for a, a trucker cap. I know. And I Rihanna recently wore um, commando boots on stage instead of her signature stilettos. And it was very hot. And she caused a big ruckus and an uproar. And really? Apparently she's gone a little bit um, same-sex attracted after her um, failed last failed relationship. So... <laughs> All rumour. I'm just, yeah, okay. all rumour. But yes, anyway, great she was shoes, sporting great sexy shoes. commando boots. Yeah. G.I. Jane Demi Moore from the 80s style. Hot. Which I've heard you talk about before. I've Love seen that this film. film. <laughs> I can't even talk about it. I'm blushing. All right. Well, let's talk about soft butchers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tell me about it. As, as often lovingly represented in the media by Justin Bieber, <laughs> who it may be news to some people that he is actually yeah, not um, a girl. Um, so the soft butch uh, lesbian is more androgynous in appearance. Okay. Um, you know, shops in the boys section in men's stores. Okay. You know, oh, very, okay. very much uh, like a forerunner of hipster fashion. Okay, I think I understand it. We're talking about a metrosexual male look. 
Yeah, is it's it a boy? A girl. Yeah, is okay. it a boy? Is it a girl? Sometimes you can't tell. So it's androgynous. It's quite androgynous. Cool. Yep. Yeah. And that's the kind of quite the, hipstery. That's the lesbian chic look that's in at the moment in fashion. Yeah, absolutely. With the, and look. with the Clark Kent. Glasses. So we're talking about yep. maybe some wicked um, liquid eyeliner, but we're still wearing commando boots and like a trucker's cap. Yeah. Yeah. Hard. And sort of boyish haircuts, but so. softer and yeah. Yeah. That's the look that's really captured mainstream imagination at the moment. Okay, what else have we got? Um, well, I guess you've got the artsy lesbian. Now, everyone, I think, knows what you mean when you say that. And these are the these are the ones who are wearing, like, they've got those really interesting framed glasses. Um, and that's how they express themselves. Yeah. Vegan leather shoes and... Um, the occasional turtleneck. Yes, okay. Probably short, so shortish hair. Probably a curator at some important gallery. Yeah. yeah. So the artsy lesbian of a, a generation gone by, and we're talking dated fashion, but in a quirky artsy look. And they're usually into some Red, kind purple of... purple glasses. Yeah, or market stall um, brooches and pin badges and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Yeah. Her. Okay. Yeah, we've seen her around. <laughs> we have seen her around. Uh, I think she's awesome. I would totally oh, date I her, agree. by the way. I agree. Um, there's, of course, the power lesbian. Okay. Um, which is... You know, these. This is the woman that that has a look that is traditionally more associated with being um, with men, but you know, professional men as opposed to truckers or whatever. Um, so this is the flat shoe wearing, um, career driven woman on the go who's juggling her private life and her really huge responsibilities. Is she femme or is she? What is she wearing? Well, I think she's she's a little more sculptured, so suits, but um, but yeah, sculptured, a sculptured, sophisticated look. Okay, definitely flat shoes. Not really that feminine. Okay, but I guess androgynous, but in a in a power suit wearing kind of way. Okay, I yeah. like that because she can afford one. <laughs> She can afford a power suit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what's a literary lesbian? Well, I mean, she's up there with the artsy lesbian in my okay. in my book. Okay. You know, she listens to Annie DeFranco. Um, she probably is on a raw food diet and does yoga and and all sorts of natural okay, therapies. Wow. And, yeah. Yep. Yeah, we know her too. Definitely. Yep. And um, last but not least? Drag kings. Um, well, I mean, I don't really necessarily agree that this is a, a particular, you know, lesbian look. I think it is. I it think can, you've got it, lesbians out there who go all out to look so far the other way. Absolutely. Not, not I guess like a woman dressed in man's clothing, but to dress as a man. It's very different. I, but I guess it's something that I associate um, with performance because drag king performances, which are, of course, you know, women taking on and exaggerating Purpose, often yeah. features, ma- male features, yeah. in order to make some kind of statement. Um, and I'm sure there are well, there's people an that dress like to that as well. Well, taking a woman and, and looking like a man. But then you've got women who strap and who actually go out of their way to look more like a man than a woman. Yeah, I guess Rather I, than just a woman in men's in man's clothing. But I mean, I think to call it dra- a dra- someone a drag king makes me think of the performance-related aspect yeah. of it. That it's a I deliberately know, got, exaggerated thing. But you've got um, gay men who dress as, like in women's clothing, clothing and are drag queens even in every day. You'd still call him a drag queen. If he was dressed head if, to toe as a woman... 
Well, not necessarily. I guess it would depend how he identified. I, I tend to, whenever you talk about drag, I tend to associate that with some kind of performance. Yeah, but we're talking about fashion aesthetics. So if I see um, oh, a, okay. a gay male right. walking down the street just head to toe in women's clothing looking like a woman, I'm going to say he's in drag. He's a drag queen. Yeah? But what if he identifies as a woman? Then is he in drag? I'm not sure. Without like, having a conversation with him, we're talking about a fashion aesthetic. So okay, you're, talking you're going too pure, far the other way. <laughs> if, you're, if you're talking purely about the fashion aesthetic, then yeah, I guess you could fit drag into yeah. that as well. Okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Shall we cut to a track? I think we shall. We can argue about this while it's playing. Here we go. Good evening. You are listening to Femme Fatale on Joy 94.9 with Kat and Gemma. We were just listening to Dragon Queen by the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. And tonight on the show, we are talking about the rise of the lesbian look. Um, What is the lesbian look in fashion and popular culture of today? We'd like to hear what you think. During the show, you can text us at 0427 Joy 949. You can Facebook us at Femme Fatale. You can download the free smartphone Joy app or you can email us at femfatale at joy.org. And I just have to say, someone did write in to tell us that was it Miley Cyrus has a new lesbian haircut. So we Googled it. We just checked out the website and she totally has a lesbian chic haircut. Short, shaved on both, like really blonde, short shaved on both sides and spiky on the top. And she looks hot. She looks amazing. amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's very sexy. I think it's just a big tease. <laughs> I think it's just a big tease for us lesbians. It's not fair. Yeah, that's an interesting point, actually. The Straight whole... girls looking really queer. It's not fair. <laughs> like, it, like it wasn't confusing enough before. Yeah. Without it being cool to look like a lesbian, how are you supposed to tell? Well, many now? of us are really attracted to straight girls anyway because I'm, they're fun. Yeah. But then they go and get sexy queer haircuts that make me want to blush. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm, I'm sure that. Anyway, yeah. sorry, back to fashion. So, actually, while we're on that topic, yes. um, the. The, the way that people look as a way of gauging what their sexuality is. Yes. Let's go back in time to uh, lesbians last century. Because we're talking about the 20th what mainstream culture is like now, but obviously it's changed. So tell me about your thoughts about lesbian fashion, you know, 50 years ago. Well, I'm kind of thinking the 20th century lesbian is a mishmash of the literary lesbian Mm-hmm. The butch lesbian mm-hmm. and the artsy lesbian. Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, my my theory is, and this could be totally wrong, and I don't want to offend anyone. Definitely not. Is that that in the twentieth century, lesbian women had to dull down their femininity in order to be taken seriously. You mean for political reasons? Yes. Yep. Um, but also, I think that lesbian women had to to dress in a certain way to advertise their orientation because we didn't have gay clubs and we didn't have, you know, online dating and we didn't have, you know, unless we advertised our orientation by dressing in a certain way Mm. or communicating in a certain look that we were gay, how did we get laid? (laughs) How did we meet women? I don't know. It must have been really hard. I think that's why, though. I think there was a certain aesthetic and a certain look that said, that, that communicated that you were gay without having to come out so that other women knew that you were gay, but, it, but that you didn't have to have a big awkward conversation about it. It wasn't until the 50s um, that women started dressing, um, like, well, we're talking about uh, butch women here, that women started dressing like that 
um, in their everyday lives as well, because before that it was far too dangerous mm. to do that. Um, and obviously there were femmes then as well, because this is when the butch femme binary was in full swing. Mm. So, I mean, it must have been hard enough for women that looked butch in the particular club settings or, or mm. whatever it, came, it was. It actually but first femmes, happened. I don't know how they ever met anyone. It first ha- What's still really hard, by the way, as a femme to meet other women because dressing as a femme and going out onto the scene and having women ask me constantly, are you really gay? Because I was wearing lipstick and high heels. Yeah, that happens a lot less now, now than it used but to. I st- but but I still li- get it. I still get it. Yeah. Definitely. But going back to what I was saying, I think the first time in the 20th century that it was okay for women to wear men's clothing was during the Second World War when women started taking over men's roles in the workforce and they had to wear work-appropriate attire. Mm. Um, That's when it was first okay. Now, most women were meant to go back to wearing house dresses and working in the 40s and the 50s at home, but most women couldn't and lesbian women took it as their... To, right, let's go. I can wear whatever I want now, and I'm in the workforce, and I can wear work appropriate attire, and I can dress comfortably, and I don't have to. There were be uber femme. certainly occupations in the fifties where you could wear whatever you wanted, but even still, it was limited. Then, you you know, there were requirements to wear feminine clothing if you were in a workplace. But, you know, there were certain professions where you didn't have to. Yes. But, so maybe, but maybe they changed. worked in those professions. It all changed after the war, though. Um, and that's when this all started kind of bubbling right up. All right. So let's... Um, let's so we skip forward to the 21st century. Yeah, where you no longer have to advertise your sexual orientation if you don't want to. Like no. Um, and Gen I mean, it, it, it still can be a political statement, but I do feel like a lot of the hard work's already been done by the women that went before. Which I think is really amazing and um, and paved a pathway for us to be able to choose what we want to wear and not have to dress as a political statement every day. Absolutely. So now now let's... let's the contemporary scene, yeah, it's pretty confusing. Um, I don't think you can just look at someone anymore and know what their sexual orientation is. I don't think everyone um, is advertising their sexual orientation based on how they dress. I think it definitely still happens. But I think there's always now a question of same-sex attraction um, or not. Um, I think it's assumed that, um, well, I have found definitely in my own circles and in the scene at large that just being there and being comfortable in the community um, and being same-sex attracted... um, is more acceptable and it's not so determined on on how you choose to appear. The thing that's gotten confusing for me is that, um, I mean, I've always understood um, that there are lesbians that dress like heterosexual women are expected to dress, but um, I never really... um, I always associated androgynous dressing and butch dressing with queer women, but now that heterosexual women are dressing like that as well. Oh, yeah. We're That's confused. what I find. I, yeah, I get confused, confused that way around. And, um, I get confused started... when I find out someone's straight, not yes. when I find out they're yeah. queer. No, but the point is now there's a question. They may look androgynous as a choice, but we question their sexuality still because we're not sure. And I think the point is that, um, I mean, people are taking their time to figure out whether they are gay or straight. They're actually asking themselves a question. I think the next generation are actually assessing themselves and the world at large in a much broader context and redefining the parameters 
within which they define themselves in terms of mm. gender and sexuality. And I think a lot and of... And also refusing to be defined as well. Yeah, and that's even better. But I think a lot of young women are just um, taking the time to say, well... I don't have to be one thing. I don't have to fit one label. I can dress however I want to. Now, I think there's a lot of fashion statement going on, and I think it first kind of exploded here, um, the androgynous fas- high fashion scene in Melbourne because um, I moved down here 18 months ago from Sydney, and before that in Sydney, it didn't really exist. And I moved here and went, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, not to mention that Melbourne is a lesbian capital of Australia, but also that um, the straight women and the androgynous fashion sense here is was amazing and it was liberating and I you know felt really but also confusing yeah I think it can be really confusing and I think in in some ways is it easier to choose how you look based on what it is you're trying to communicate as opposed to having all this choice so you can be straight or queer anything and dress according to something that has stereotypically been seen as representing something else like that's that seems like a lot of choice to me <laughs> yeah um I definitely agree. When we come back from this break, um, we're going to be talking about why. Um, how did the lesbian look and lesbian chic make it into popular culture? We're going to talk a little bit about Sex and the City, a bit about Vogue, and a little bit of gossip about Ruby Rose. Ooh. Good evening. You're listening to Femme Fatale on Joy 94.9 with Kat and Gemma. We were just listening to I'm a Lady by Santa Gold and Writer's Rain by Adele. On tonight's show, we're talking about the rise of the lesbian look in fashion and popular culture. We're going to talk about why, why lesbians in popular culture and what. Um, I want to start by talking about um, Sex and the City. Um, Few people know that um, Sex and the City was a huge um, influence on the fashion world and the fashion world looked to 10 years of Sex and the City to find out what to put out because if it went on Sex and the City, it was going to sell because it was watched by millions of women all around the globe. Um, the designer on Sex and the City was actually a lesbian and she took care of um, all of the clothes and, and everything that went um, that was viewed on the show, was selected on the show, all went through and she was gay. So um, during the 10 years of Sex and the City, we saw things like... Her name is Patricia Field, by the way. Um, she launched those things that we have now every day in, in store every every time in stores um the boyfriend jacket the baggy slacks um you know the commando boots all that kind of thing um she was a huge influence on lesbian women in fashion um then we move on to vanity fair the vanity fair shoot um oh that was 1993 i actually remember when that came out with katie uh, lang with katie lang and cindy crawford um, I remember seeing it advertised and people talking about it, and I remember, I remember being completely enthralled by it. I just thought it was the hottest thing I'd, I'd ever seen. Didn't really know why, just thought it was. Um, but yeah, it really did. Um, it it made lesbians look cool. That that photo shoot. For those of you that are too young to remember it, um, or have somehow managed to forget it, um, it's the one where. Um, Katie Lang is lying back in a chair covered in shaving foam and scantily clad Cindy Crawford is shaving her face. Um, Very sexy. Like, like leaning over her. It's just an amazingly beautiful shot and it's really hot. Um, and it caused an uproar at the time. I'm not sure if people, you know, men kind of freaked out, I guess, because here's 
a woman getting the kind of attention that I think you know, had generally been reserved for men. Um, women freaked out. They didn't know what to make of it. Um, but a lot of people thought it was really sexy. Yeah. Um, Sex and the City was 1998 to about 2004 um, with or without the films, which came later. But so basically spanning 10 years, um, which is really interesting. Moving on, the most recent um, and probably one of the reasons we're talking about it, re- most recent photo shoot was on the cover of Love magazine, featured Kate Moss with a very androgynous haircut mm. with another very androgynous um, woman in almost make-out pose. Um, it was a really amazing shoot featuring a very lesbian chic look. Well, that said, Kate Moss has been doing androgynous for a while. Kate Moss She made been it cool a long time ago when it wasn't cool. Been doing a lot of things for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I think we shouldn't overlook the L word. Um, Definitely not. It was, I think it was 2003 uh, that the New York Times had a piece about how fas- the fashion world was about to change um, in respect to its relationship with lesbians. Um, because, you know, uh, historically, lesbians are considered to be, you know, not particularly fashionable. Like we're sort of up there with, you know, golfers and lumberjacks. And, um, you know, lesbian chic would, was kind of seen as an oxymoron. However, um, the L word was a real turning point for mainstream um, culture, showing that lesbians were powerful in, like, lots of different ways. And, of course, there was Shane, the character of Shane, who became, Hot. you know, an androgynous style icon. Yeah, a lesbian style icon. And yeah. then just a style icon. These days, she's just a style icon. Um, moving on in, in bigger gossip news, um, Ruby Rose is recently become the face of Maybelline fashion makeup cosmetics new york so um huge so you should get on and have a little google of her images um for those of you who don't know ruby rose um she's an aussie girl um who has a an amazing androgynous look. She's not out as a lesbian but she's definitely same sex attracted. Oh, um, I thought she was out. Maybe she is out. Maybe I have that wrong. I don't, I don't think know. she's out I don't out. Know. I think she's out as same sex attracted, but um I don't think she's identified as a lesbian. Um now didn't Ellen was the face of some cosmetic company as well, but I can't remember who it oh, was. Oh, I can't remember. But this is um, Ruby Rose is definitely the epitome of the new lesbian chic that we've been talking about. Um, we're talking about the pursed red lips, the liquid eyeliner, um, the sexy androgynous shaved haircut that still manages to look femme. Um, tattoos, which we've kind of we've not talked about enough, but um, the new lesbian look is it's grimy, it's urban, um, it's androgynous, but it's still perfectly made up if that makes sense yeah um yeah she's a very good looking girl so and look i think you can go two ways with with this um topic i mean one way of looking at it is of course that it 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 really does only represent you know one say let's say sartorial section of a lesbian culture um, and makes it look like that's what the whole thing is like like we all look like this um, which is of course really untrue mm. um, and it's it's privileging one kind of lesbian over other kinds um, or you could take a different path and this is the one that I think I'm traipsing down which is look you know lesbians are more visible um, even if it's in a limited sense at this point and I think that's a really good thing 
Um, I definitely agree. I'm going to skip to an article in The Daily Life by um, Amy Coops, who's a shameless lesbocrat by her own <laughs> declaration. Um, and she says... Yeah, that it boils down to we're more more visible. Um, the fashion writers um, in all the media are just going nuts about that the lesbians are everywhere. Um, and I think it's a good thing. I think it means that we're out there. And this lesbian chic concept, I'm, I think the question is, are we offended by it, Kat? Are, we, are you offended by it? I'm not offended by it. I'm sure, I mean... Maybe I haven't had enough discussions with people that are. I can always have my mind changed by a particular is it good a, argument. Is it a re-stereotyping? Is it just re-stereotyping us from one thing to another thing? Well, in a certain sense it is, yes. Um, I mean, yeah, it's a better stereotype than the last one. Um, I'd much rather be, you know, seen as cool and suave and laid back than crazy. Um, Amy Coops says in her article says it represents the commodification of sexuality and the appropriation of an entire lifestyle into one singular look. That's exactly what I was saying before. It, yes. it privileges one way of looking over all the others. And of course it doesn't take into account that lesbians like everybody else come in a vast array of shapes and sizes and but, fashion um, senses. But at least it's out there. At least the look is out there and at least the, the lesbian um, you know, lesbian issues are, are out there. At least we're being seen and visible. At least there's other women in popular culture and the media that represent our way of life at all. I agree. Um, I think and, and some it makes representation it, is better than no representation, I, whether it's another stereotype yeah, or not. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I'm it, it also paves the way for there being more lesbian role models. I mean, Ellen DeGeneres is great. Um, Melissa Etheridge is great. But, you know, growing up, there just there was a dearth of, of queer women to look up to. And um, if, we're, if it's becoming a more public um, thing and lesbians are not really being perceived as scary but instead as, you know, someone that you could model yourself on, this is an awesome thing for you know, girls now and in the future. Oh, I just think it's really important um, and to say on another note that um, I think the new generation, the next generation coming through in the queer community um, – this has kind of sought to expand um, the masculine-feminine dichotomy. Um, I think the next generation, Gen Y, are seeking to broaden the terms with which they define themselves. Mm. And I think that popular culture and fashion and the media has responded to that. And we've that's why this is all coming through. And I think... Only good things. but Yeah, I think it's going to be exciting to see what happens. That is all we have time for this evening, Ooh. unfortunately. Good night, Kat. Good night. Coming up next, we have the Spirit Lounge with Buddy Joy and Andrew. You're listening to Femme Fatale on Joy 94.9. This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.